Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history in 1846, English astronomer William Lassell discovered Triton, the largest satellite of the planet Neptune. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your host, Zachary, and I truly believe that the cure for male loneliness is the retaking of Constantinople. So grab your spears, form a phalanx, we're getting that city back, boys. Uh, my name is Megan, and I thought Zach was going to say the cure to male loneliness was their own hands. Oh no! <laughs> and I'm Matt. <laughs> that'll, today, that'll today gives I you shame. That male pirates. Should I redo that? Yes. And I'm it, Matt. Today I learned that male pirates used to marry each other. There's a French word for it, but I'm not gonna say it because it's French. Uh, the pirates would share loot from voyages, and if one of the pair died, uh, their shit or their Crewmates would make sure that their shit got uh, shared with their partner. Oh, that's nice. Nice. It's really, like a Boston marriage, really but on ships. Lovely. Yeah, Boston marriage. Oh my god, <laughs> those two pirates are bunking up together. That's so sweet. That's so nice. That's so nice. And they were roommates and, and nothing else. And they were roommates. Uh... It's been a long time since we've done this, guys. It's been like a I good know. couple weeks. It has been. We had Dang. that like we had that like mental health night where we just sat together and talked without recording. I know. It and was then the fun. past the past couple weeks have just been nightmare times for me. <laughs> nightmare times. Well, it's just it's been not a good time. Like it's just oh. been busy Tuesdays. No, fair uh, enough. For those but. of you that didn't know, we record on Tuesdays. Yeah. For those of you. For those of Just you. Just in case you needed to know. Hey, if you're not actual fans and don't know what day we record on, we record on Tuesdays. Jeez. Um, and if you need a carbon-dated copy of what's going on in the world right now, fucking Israel and Hamas are fighting, so that's mm. new. Listen, yeah. I don't have time for the war in Israel because I have too much smut to read. All right. <laughs> uh, with that, we're going to start the podcast in earnest. Um, our sure. strikes have been set to zero and we are dusting off the cobwebs. Uh, we played a game of rock, paper, scissors that only existed in our mind. And the order for tonight, as determined by our conversations that are recorded in an After Dark segment... Uh, which oddly enough happens before the podcast. Uh, the the er the order is me followed by Megan followed by Zach. Yes, <laughs> because Zach has been going first a lot with the I've been going Blair hard now. lately. Well, he had the longest shit. So. He did have the <laughs> longest shit. We tried to put him up front. Um. 
Okay, my story is not super long, but uh, it is spooky season. It is October, so um, I decided that I was going to do some spooky stories, and I know that we're going to do a Halloween episode, but uh, anyways, I was going to do a story about vampires tonight, but none of us could remember if we'd already done it, so Megan said, do this story instead, so I'm doing this story instead. It's about okay. ghosts. Ooh. Okay. Do you have... Is there something wrong, Megan? No, I have no thoughts, only vibes. Only vibes. What are your vibes telling you? Uh, my vibes are telling me that I'm 100 pages from finishing my book and I have a problem. Got it. <laughs> um, so if you've been listening to the show for a while and you know what nights we record on, uh, you'll be aware that all of us are based in New England, which is an upgrade from Old England, but it's not not by much. It's not really much of an upgrade because, like... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, like, if I'm being honest... No, I mean, we I, got, I, like, I agree. So, here's the we thing. We just, like, have way less trains. Look, yeah. we dumped all that tea in the river for a fucking reason. We're better than England. We are. No, minus I, the I'm fact that have they to... have a functioning transit system. Yeah. They have a functioning transit system. But they still did and Brexit, so they don't get a pass. That's true. They did do, they did do Brexit, but every single English person that I have ever met does not feel the deep-seated guilt of having sex that the Puritans did instill in us. Damn, you're right. <laughs> Fuck. They win that one, too. Oh, every man. single English person is just like, I have had at least three orgies in my life and I'm like wow I have met maybe one person and they were a little shy about it <laughs> they, they were a little they shy about it they didn't want to talk about it um, yeah meanwhile every single every single English person is just like so anyway let me tell you about the orgies let me... Guys, a few weeks ago, Megan was really into leper colonies, and now she's into smut. So... Well, I've always... I mean, to be fair, I've always been. I've always been into yeah. smut, ever since my earliest days of labyrinth. That's true. Um, bless up, David Bowie. And I just feel like this is the natural progression. Fair anyway, enough. please tell me about your ghosts. Ghosts! Um, okay, where am I in my notes? I'm sitting much further away from my laptop now because our basement is fucked. Uh, upgrade from old England, but not by much. Our story starts in 1869 with the building, well, the ship wasn't built in 1869, so I guess that's a fucking lie. Uh, <laughs> the ship was built, I can't remember when the ship was built, per my notes, I think it was like 1866. Uh, but the, the ship is called the Charles Haskell. Um, okay. By all accounts, this this ship was a very pretty boat. Um, it was a schooner. And a it schooner? Was, it was built in Gloucester. Gloucester. Um, Gloucester for the purposes <laughs> of cod fishing. Um, oh, I love a good cod. Peace. I don't. Um... <laughs> But the person who had uh, built the boat uh, or had the boat commissioned rather immediately backed out of purchasing the boat 
when oh, a that's workman so who was doing an inspection slipped and broke his neck on the vessel. Um, people back then were uh, superstitious. As okay. opposed to oh, today, I, gonna, I thought when you were going to say clumsy as fuck. A little stitious? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really thought you were going to be like, people back in the day had no fucking coordination. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that um, too, yeah. That too, for sure. But yeah, no, they were superstitious back then. Today, just a little stitious. Um, but either Underwhelmingly way... Underwhelmingly stitious. Either way, the Haskell sits dormant for a little bit before it gets purchased. Uh, by a man by the name of Clifford Curtis. Um, Clifford Curtis then makes a bold decision uh, that instead of waiting for spring to go fishing, he's going to hang a sign in his shop window that says gone fishing in the middle of winter. Um, (laughs) And people are going to be like, oh, that that guy. He's so crazy. (laughs) You know... Uh, I don't know if any of you have been out on whale watches in the middle of winter, uh, and if you have... It's cold as tits. First off, it's cold as tits, but they also don't run them in the winter because the fucking (laughs) waves are way worse. Yeah. The the ocean just gets angry in the winter. Um, Darshy blows. Darshy blows. So, Curtis makes the decision to venture out and fish for cod in the winter, which is not like a thing that's done often um because the maybe it's like one worse. of those things where he's like huh? he's like i'm gonna beat the competition i'm gonna beat the competition yeah but that's like megan that's the competition essentially saying like hmm i'm gonna beat the competition of getting shiny rocks by going with the active volcano yeah okay yeah 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 like tell me he's wrong though <laughs> um i can't tell you you're wrong i can tell you you're stupid <laughs> All right, that's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, he sets out in the winter to go fish for cod. He uh, heads for um, a place called George's Banks. Okay. Uh, and one winter evening, he decides to anchor up for the night because they see an encroaching storm on the horizon. So he's like. We're Everyone just gonna... was like, wow, that's crazy. Huh? Everyone was like, a storm in the winter on the ocean? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never would have uh, thought. In my notes, it says, he anchored up for a night because on the horizon, he saw an encroaching winter hurricane, or as we call them now, a nor'easter. Okay. <laughs> a nor'easter. <laughs> so he's just on the ocean. There's a storm coming in. There are other boats that are deciding to do the same thing, which is, you know, just they're fishing in the winter as well. Um, but they're all anchored around each other. Not in like a tight cluster, but they're they're anchored up. Not in like a sexual way. Not in but, a sexual way. You know. Megan, stop it. <laughs> anchored up, you know, in a sexual way. <laughs> Bricked up. Um, <laughs> not... Not, like, so close that they're, like, uncomfortable, but, like, as friends. Zidi, go on. Yeah, but she's afraid to go up the stairs by herself. Um, so anyway, sorry, my dog is dumb. Zidi, go on. Uh, so anyways, he's surrounded by other ships that are anchored, and, um, in the wind of this nor'easter that hits... 
uh, he sees that his vessel is moving too close to another fishing ship. And the fishing ship is either the Andrew Johnson or the Andrew Jackson. Okay. It was labeled as both, depending on which sources I was reading from. And so I have it in my notes as the Andrew Jackson, and I will refer to it as such for the remainder of the podcast. Um, Captain Curtis uh, decides that he wants to make his ship more maneuverable. And so he orders his men to cut the anchor line so that he can maneuver his ship a little better. But cutting the anchor line ends up doing the exact opposite of what he wants to do. Um, Instead of giving him a little bit more maneuverability, it immediately propels his ship into the Andrew Jackson. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I never would have guessed with a violent storm that that would happen. That's so crazy. (laughs) Wow. So they, they collide on the open ocean and... The uh, Charles Haskell does enough damage to the Andrew Jackson to sink it um, and kills everyone on board. Are we? Yes, are we having fun? Right. Are we still having fun? I mean, fun? I don't know if death is fun, but sure, death's not great. Um, it's so fine. He sinks. He sinks the vessel. He kills all crew on board. Um, but the Haskell survived the collision okay. and managed to limp back to port. And I want to note, because it was noted several times in all of the sources that I read, that this had never happened. Before? Um, no. Colli- yeah. So collisions had happened at the George's Bank. But the ships that had collided, both of them had sunk. Okay, not so it was always, never like not always just a mass one... casualty event. But there was never a situation where any of the ships that bumped into each other, like one of them lived and one of them died. You know what I mean? So like so, it was either going to be a full shit storm or nothing wrong. I get you. Right, exactly. So it had never happened before that one ship survived the crash. And so everyone was already sort of surprised that the Haskell had made it out. Um, But at this point, the Haskell had racked up a kill count that varies in the retelling. But it's either the boat has a kill count. But it's either that it had killed ten people or it had killed twenty-seven. Um, right. because, well, I mean, like that's not a varied. That's not like a hugely varied kill count. I mean, yeah. it's it's not hugely, but. Uh, nobody can confirm the number of fishermen on the Andrew Jackson at the time. So if you count the one guy who died on its deck while, um, while he was doing an inspection, plus the either nine or 26 members of the Andrew Jackson, the kill count then becomes either 10 or 27 people. So, uh, the next part of this story is the reason why I'm telling it in What the Fuck History, um, and why I'm specifically telling it in October, uh, and why I mentioned that it has ghosts. Um, so the Haskell gets patched up, and they set sail, um, again, and while they're on sea one night, uh, the Haskell gets a visit. 
according to reports from the whole crew of the Charles Haskell, around midnight one night in, uh, I think at this point it was 1870 or maybe, no, it was, this was 1869. Um, the whole crew sees 10 to 12 phantom fishermen climb over the railing of the ship and begin casting nets and setting hooks. Uh-oh. And when Captain Clifford Curtis tried to approach one of these phantom fishermen, he reported that they stared back at him with empty, dead eye sockets. Mm, the, and he... That, that sounds about the right kind of look for being at work anyway, but continue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially They're just on describing a, f- a regular work day. <laughs> especially on a fishing, fishing vessel out of Gloucester. Um, I know. So he stops in his tracks. He decides not to engage with the, uh, the ghost crew anymore. Finally, but, the first good fucking idea of this story. <laughs> <laughs> but they remain on the vessel until uh, sunrise, essentially, or like just before sunrise. And they climb back over the railing and descend into the sea. Um, Job's done. There was a man named John Winters aboard who... Uh, you know, died some years later, but went through, like, anytime anyone asked him what happened on the Charles Haskell, he would tell this story, and I have, uh, there's a quote from him, or not a quote directly from him, but a quote from, like, a newspaper that had talked to him, and it says, Winters said, a schooner ran down the wind, hove alongside the Haskell, and its phantom crew climbed the rigging, declaring themselves the ghosts of the Salem fishermen. Winters and others of the Haskell crew refused to fish in the ship again, and a new crew was taken on. These returned with a similar story of ghostly visitations at sea, took their dunnage bags, and quit. Another, and still a fourth crew, were shipped, but each came to port with renewal of the story of a ship shrouded in white and a specter crew, and the Haskell was hauled up, unable to get men. <laughs> Holy shit. Do yeah, we go well, I, I'd be mad it? too. I'd be like, listen, I'm not working on a haunted, haunted boat, okay? Yeah, fuck no. I'm not doing it. You can't pay me enough. Okay, but like, here's my only issue with that. Like, yeah... If you don't feel comfortable doing it, don't do it. But, like, they just fishing. Like, it didn't seem like they were They're, hurting anyone. <laughs> They're just doing their I thing. I guess. Yeah. I mean, so the, like, the interesting thing, and I think because Megan was the one who gave me this story, um, you know, Megan had mentioned that it was a New England-based story, um, mentioned that, like... I think she mentioned that it's a ghost story, but it's, like, it's not one of those ghost stories where, you know, it's a one-off and people can never prove it. I mean, there's no way to yeah. prove it, but it is, like, that Multiple it kept people. happening or that, like, the whole first crew up and quit because they all saw the same thing and they all confirmed each other's stories 
and then the yeah. next yeah they're like the next crew they're like to hey are out. you you seeing this too <laughs> yeah so what i found interesting in the research of this story though is the difference between so like some reports say that these crewmen these phantom fishermen um sort of just uh crawled up the sides of the ship um whereas most of the crew's retelling of the story is that a ship just came out and like fought past the wind to to pull up alongside the ship hmm and then Pulling the up. crewmen went from this ghost ship to the crew of the Haskell and like made their presence known that they were the they were the souls of the Andrew Jackson um because that's what Winters had said when they first got off that ship the gentleman's name was John Winters and uh mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, this was the crew of the Andrew Jackson that we had been responsible for killing that are just, like, haunting us every time we go out to catch fish now. Every time. We're just trying to do our fucking jobs. <laughs> we're just trying haunted. to fucking yeet. We're just trying to earn a paycheck. I know. I'm just out here grinding. we just out here <laughs> grinding. But, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, in essence, the story of the Charles Haskell. And I think it's cool to, like, I mean, whether you believe in ghosts or not, I think it's cool to, like, tell a story about, you know, a New England paranormal activity thing that was seen by multiple sources. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if you guys, uh, if you guys hear this and, you know, know whether or not we've done a story about vampires before, just hit us up and let us know, because that... (gasps) That was an interesting story, too. Okay. But maybe we already yeah, told it. Who knows? We might have. Who knows? But yeah, that's it my story. It just sounded so familiar. Huh? It just sounded so familiar, but, like, I sort of mill through so much information, like, during the day. Yeah, you mm-hmm. are a librarian. Yeah. Listen, don't get me started on frequencies. I won't. Uh, I, okay, I won't. Zach will. No, don't, I won't. Don't get me started. Because I don't have... We don't have books on it. <laughs> I've been asked multiple times. Uh, They're like... But yeah, I think... Uh, I think my trend for October before we get to... The proper Halloween special will just be... Telling stories about... Spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. I love that. I love spooky shit. That was spooky stuff number one. Spooky stuff number one. And now that my story's over, Megan can tell her non-spooky story, potentially. No, I don't know. I mean, I guess. You guess you can tell a story, or you guess it might not be spooky? I don't know. It's not really spooky. Um, yeah. So, I named my story... And you will not like me for this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've named my story the Hungry Hungry Caterpillar Issei Sagawa. Okay. And okay. Y- you'll see why you won't like it. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm let me just, let me just get the... <laughs> I am uncomfortable with the energy we created the in the mic. studio today. 
get get this mic closer to me so I can really get up in the listener's ears. That's what they've been so, asking for. I think like everyone has guilty pleasures. Um, like some people like to pick scabs and like some of us read like really gross fan fiction. Um, these are the real secrets that like we all keep. However, for a Japanese man named Issei Sagawa, maybe his secret should have been kept under better locking key. In fact, uh, maybe he should have been, he should have, like, been kept under locking key. And... Are you saying they should have thrown I this baby this, out with the bathwater? Yeah, I think they, like, really should have thrown this baby out. So, Issei was born in 1949 in Kobe, Japan, uh, and Sagawa's father was a successful businessman, and his grandfather was an editor of one of the longest-running newspapers in Japan. Um, Japan still loves magazines and newspapers because they're living in 1982 for the foreseeable future. So, in short, they were pretty well-off. Sagawa's journey into degeneracy began at an early age, he was introverted and his health wasn't very good. This didn't make him a degenerate. This is just, these are just the facts. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not saying if you're an introvert, you're a degenerate. I'm just saying, you know, just it, saying it's a slippery this slope. particular introvert was a degenerate. Was a degenerate. Yeah. Uh, so he was also interested in literature and also cannibalism. Oh, okay. Oh. I'm yeah. now unsettled by your hungry, hungry caterpillar title. Yeah, I thought you might be. So he reported that his, he first felt the stirrings when he was in first grade and he mm. saw a man's thigh. And he was like, bro, chicken ramen is great, but like, look at that piece of meat over there. Mm. And he also admitted in an interview later in life that he partook in bestiality with his dog and that his cannibalistic desires started to extend towards women. So it was like thigh dog women. That was the, the hierarchy. Okay. I imagine the factoid about like the, I, I just like, imagine the factoid about like the dog was not where the interviewer expected either because he was just like so about the cannibalism he was just like i've had sex with my dog and he was like that's (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) being the one that's like being the one that is interviewing this person and it's like so when did the cannibalism start and he's just like well i was fucking my dog one day (laughs) well i was fucking my dog one day and they were like whoa 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 uh, so they were like, tell me about eating people. And he was like, one time I had this dog. And anyway, um, so he ended up getting his master's degree in English literature from Kwansei Gakuen University. And I think I messed the Gakuen up, but, uh, I'm not Japanese and I'm doing my best out here. Um, so I think this really proves that master's programs will take just about anyone. No background checks required. No, During his no time at university, required either. <laughs> yeah, imagine uh, that he, on a college were... interview. So, He's, what you is had great what's the worst thing you've school. ever done? How often do you fuck your dog? How like is it like once a week or is it never? Because there's can, one right there answer. Can... 
Is it once a week or is it never? There is a wrong answer. <laughs> I hate this so much. There is a so wrong much. answer here. Uh, Zach, our entire, the entire point of this podcast is that we're trying to make light of terrible situations. I know, but it like, is... man, it's just... Zach, considering that the rest of this story has to do with something that rhymes with shmanibalism, I would you're say right, that... You're right. I would say that something that rhymes with shmeastiality is not... I mean, it's that all makes bad it sound to even joke worse. About, but that's what we're here to do. You make a fair um, point. He's making good points. So, where am I? Ah, yes. So, master's degrees will take about anyone. And during his time at university, he admitted to following a German woman home. He broke into her apartment while she was sleeping, but the intent to feast upon the booty... <laughs> Uh, but not like a sexy way. Uh, didn't it, it? Didn't really manifest, you know. He was trying to because eat the booty she woke like up. groceries. Yeah, except he really did want to eat the booty like groceries. Um, but like this didn't happen because she woke up and like annihilated him. Yeah. He, she like pushed him down and called the police. Sexually, and he was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. No, she was like, "Get you gotta leave," um, but not the police are gonna make you leave. And so then, the police show up, and he was charged with rape. But his daddy paid to make the charges go away because, unlike love, wealth truly wins. Yes. Be oh, fuck. I'm yeah. I'm just telling straight. I'm spitting. You're not. Yeah. Be like, where's the lie? Where's the lie? Uh, because there were no repercussions for his actions, Sagawa went on to France to pursue his PhD in literature, proving that doctorate programs will also take anyone. Yeah. He reported that while living in Paris, he would bring a prostitute home and then try and shoot them. But for some reason, and I wonder what that reason could have been, um, he couldn't do it. Erectile uh, he dysfunction. Was like, oh. Yeah. Probably. Like, not in a sexual way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, my God. Fuck this. <laughs> so, I feel like that's the title to, of this episode. sidetrack like, just, sexual. like, a little bit. There was uh, an old episode of CSI. Do you guys remember that show? Yes. I loved that show. So there's there's an episode where, like, to test some newbies, one of the guys makes a bunch of, like, fake scenarios. And every, in every scenario, they have their lab tech come out. And the lab tech would just say, no signs of sexual trauma. And so, so for, like, the whole episode, they're, like, at five different crime scenes, and at the end of, like, they get to the fifth crime scene, and they just all look at the guy, and he goes, no signs of sexual trauma. <laughs> and, like, that just reminded me of that. So, anyways. That was no my signs. little... No signs. Not, not That was sex. your little... Yeah, like, but not, not in a sexual way. <laughs> Jeez. So, um, then everything changed for Sagawa in 1981. When the Fire At Nation attacked. 32 years old, Sagawa Fire was Nation ready. <laughs> what? That was, no, fucking Zach said when the Fire Nation attacked. 
1981 when the Fire Nation attacked. Um, except the Fire Nation was this guy ready to commit murder. Uh, he invited one of his classmates over to dinner at his apartment. Her name was Renee, and she was a tall Dutch woman. This is important, like, her her tallness. Yeah. Um, this is important because Sagawa was short and considered himself, like, weak and ugly, and he wanted to absorb her energy, like, in a weird DBZ fusion dance where the fusion <laughs> was, like, murder and cannibalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, and, the Native American ritual whereby eating an animal's parts, you gained its power. Yeah, you gain its power. Did he think that by um, eating a tall Dutch woman, he would become a tall Dutch woman? He would gain all the powers of a tall Dutch woman. I see. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they look like they can deck most people. Yeah. 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 Well, then he probably should have eaten that first woman because she beat <laughs> he... the shit out of him. Yeah. That, the, if the Dutch can look like they can deck people, the Germans look like they can commit genocide. So... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's that's a joke that shouldn't make it into the edit but because of the reaction that it just elicited really really fucking should oh man i'm i'm like i'm really bringing the fire you're on a roll tonight (laughs) uh anyway let me charge my computer. <laughs> How long will that take? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just plugging it in. Oh, okay. okay. So um, he wanted to absorb all the powers of a, of a Dutch woman. And when she arrived, she was, like, reading a book of poetry because they're in, like, a li- literature PhD program. And Sagawa, like a coward, shot her in the back. Yeah. What a so coward. Like, like a little bitch, he, he went into shock and... Woke up later, realizing that he had actually, like, had to face the repercussions of his actions and go through with his plan. And naturally, he engaged in necrophilia, Uh because, of course, he did. And then um, he realized, like, he couldn't, like, crunch into her body. Like, he he couldn't, his teeth, he had little boy teeth, and he (laughs) couldn't take a bite. So he went out to buy a knife, and then he, like, went to town. And he took pictures, all creeps do. Yeah. And then, it's true, they love pictures. They, they really love do. old they Polaroids. Yeah, they, they no, they've never taken a digital photo. They only take Polaroid pictures. And he then was like, okay, now what do I do with, like, the rest of the body? Like, I, I'm done, I'm full, like, I can't, can't eat anymore. And he decided to dump the rest in a nearby, like, lake that was in a park. Yeah. Um, to do this, he transported them in two suitcases, which definitely doesn't look suspicious. Especially when just the suitcases like a guy. are dripping with blood. Yeah, it, you know, just a guy at night going to a park with two bags, two rolling bags, like he's going to the airport, you know? <laughs> it's whatever it's a lot of bread in Uh, these bags i'm gonna feed it to the ducks (laughs) i'm gonna feed it to the ducks and the french police were like that's weird um so he wasn't caught that night but was apprehended four days later by the french police so of course daddy sagawa swoops in like the monopoly man and provided a lawyer for his son's defense hot take 
um, and this is why I couldn't be a parent. My love is conditional. Yeah. Uh, and if my kid <laughs> ate a person, I'd be like, maybe you should go to jail. Yeah. He yeah. did wait for two years to go on trial. Like, two whole years passed before the French were like, we have come from vacation and we can start the trials again. And he was found legally insane by a French judge and unable to stand trial. Yeah, they were just like, we just don't want to deal with this. And then they like took a they took a long drag of an unfiltered cigarette and they said that was a long day. Um, he was ordered to go into a mental institution. However, a Japanese author caught wind of the story and published uh, Sagawa's account of the kill and published it in Japan under the title In the Fog. Uh, oh. It really took Japan. Yeah, he, like, it's a cool title. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's a cool title, but I was expecting, like, interview with a dog fucker. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, um, I don't think that's when the dog fucking came up. Ah, okay, um, got it. I think it was with another interviewer. A different interviewer. He was just like, by the way. Yeah, different. He's like, I got to get, I got to get these people to stop talking about the cannibalism. What am I going to do? I fucked my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I need them to get off the trail of the cannibalism. Oh, That's I know. That's one way to deflect. <laughs> I know. I'll tell them that I used to fuck my dog. It was just once, I swear. I a didn't want to Once a day. <laughs> once a day. So, In the Fog really took Japan by storm because they love this kind of shit. Like, who doesn't love a little bit of true crime? But, like, Japan does become, like, really weirdly obsessed with like sensational murders um that like when i told that story about like that other woman who kept that guy's penis with her yeah they loved that too uh so france was like they did not like his newfound celebrity and they were like it's it's too much for us like take him back japan and in Japan, he was committed to a hospital in Tokyo, but the doctors there declared, declared that he was staying. And oh. the only thing he was suffering from was being a, like, a big old pervert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Yeah, they were just like, he's just gross. And he was like, that's hurtful, but you're not wrong. <laughs> Um, but because the charges against him in France had been dropped because they deemed him to be insane, the documents were sealed and not released to the Japanese authorities. Therefore, he couldn't be legally detained in Japan. So he did what any sane person would do. He checked himself out of the hospital and lived free until his death in 2022. What? Jeez. Yeah. Like... During his life after the murder, he was frequently invited to be a guest speaker and, like, commentator on shows. And he even wrote reviews for restaurants in Japan, which, like, feels really wrong. They're, like, from cannibalism to to yakitori, you know? I've tasted it all. (laughs) I hate that. Like, it feels really weird. Cannibalism to Yelp reviewer extraordinaire. Yeah, extraordinaire. And then in 2011, Sagawa told Vice magazine that being forced to make a living while being unknown, known as a murderer and cannibal was like a terrible punishment in and of itself. Like, I don't because he was so shamed. It 
it it's not enough but then i sort of remember that like being shamed in japan is way worse than like being shamed in america that's true yeah like it's a different type of shame that like i think transcends even like catholic guilt and like catholic guilt is really bad oh is that why we brought up catholic guilt no i'm just i'm just tying it all together oh i see uh i'm just tying it but yeah i was like is that really a is that really like the worst punishment the world couldn't give into him because like yeah it would have been great if he like rotted in jail but if he had rotted in jail he would have been like protected yeah he would have been around other criminals that like were like yeah we've done some fucked up shit too but he was forced to make a living in japanese society where if you do things that are wrong no one has no one is going to give you the time of day except i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. He was invited to be a guest speaker at stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but like I don't I don't know how good of a life he had, you know? Like I don't know. It's it's a weird thing where I was just like I would have it would have been more satisfying if he was just put in jail or like even killed like in terms of capital punishment. Yeah, but I think like so to your point there, Megan. I can I don't think I can comment because I don't know that culture enough to be able to be like yes, this is better or worse. I think it's a horrible. I think that like setting him loose in Japanese society where they're like you have broken the rules and become so utterly unclean that you are like a pariah being forced to make a living in this society. Yeah. I can see like, how that's pretty fucking some, shitty. Yeah, like you have no god, no country, no friends. Yeah. But like good luck. My yeah. thing I guess my biggest question about this is like did he never again feel the urge to like eat a person i don't and that's unclear too because like it doesn't say like i didn't find any other accounts of like him being like oh i really struggled with this like i'm wondering if it was one of those things where you know it built up for like his whole life and he was like i really want to do this and then he did it and he was so grossed like, out by himself life, yeah 
I, I, like he was either like grossed out by himself because it didn't really seem like he had the actual stomach to like enjoy it as some sadists do. And I, I think also to, and, to your point about how like him having to now play a role in society and like he's not famous, he's infamous as much as, you know, he's, the Japanese culture is like obsessed with this like uh true crime stuff it's also this idea of like how much can you get away with when whenever you walk down the street you have an entire everyone is like hey that's the dude that tried to eat someone not just tried like successfully ate a person yeah so even even still like if you have ever if everyone knows the story and everyone is obsessed with it how much you you don't have a moment to be like yeah, I can try this you, again. Yeah, you definitely don't have an opportunity to do that again. Yeah, I just like I really do think I kind of agree with Megan's point that he probably should have just been tossed out. Yeah, like the guy. Yeah, I mean, out like after shooting somebody, which seems like a very normal response to like taking someone's life. And then he woke up and couldn't even, like, bite through her flesh. Like, there should have been so many signs for this guy that, like, this just was never meant to be for him. <laughs> yeah. He should have just stopped. He should have been like, oh, I passed yeah. out when I killed her. I should just turn myself in and live with those consequences. Well. Yeah, so I thought it was, like... The implications of the story were kind of interesting because it's like, well, this is where international law fails on a lot of fronts. Yeah. But this one in particular fails because you have two you have two governments like a crime happens with a citizen from another country. But like the first country is sort of like we are going to toss out the record so, yeah, I don't know. It was just... I was like, there's a lot happening here. Yeah. Anyway, that was my story. We're keep, we should keep that genocide joke in, though. We definitely <laughs> I'll keep it in. It was, was a good it joke. was out of left field. I was not. <laughs> that no was like that butt plug, the, the, like, the butt plug comment that I made the other day. Jeez. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think I've cackled <laughs> that loudly in public before. <laughs> yeah, just you got to hit him with the butt plug, you know. <laughs> it was it was just a surprise. Sometimes Megan says some things to yeah. me, and I'm just like, "Damn, that." I mean, we started off their after dark segment by Megan being like, "Yeah, no, I couldn't put down the book where it just some of the words were ropes of ropes cum. of cum." <laughs> Yeah. So listen, like, sometimes you're, sometimes you're in work reading about this girl getting railed so hard, you know. <laughs> so, sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes you, you are know, at work all, reading stories been there. like that. I think we're sometimes gonna have to start something there. for the Patreon where it's just Megan's book club, where Megan tells us the smart <laughs> book of the month. Oh my god. Oh. You don't want it we now. Should, we should just have a Patreon segment where it's like, what are we reading? Yeah. And like, <laughs> mine is going to be like, I'm still on book 11 of the fucking Wheel of Time. I'm and still on like, Wheel of Time. I'm reading this reverse harem. It's fucking great. 
I can't wait. I can't. Listen, I'm so ready for the reverse harem books. I found a few. Oh, God. I'm so. I'm ready. And on that <sighs> note, I'm going to grab the microphone and take it away. Yes, please. You should. Um, you should take that microphone. <laughs> yeah, you should. You, ropes have come. <laughs> You've lost the microphone well, privileges. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's not. I why? <laughs> right to jail. I, Bonk no. to horny jail. <laughs> right to jail. No. Okay. Uh, so I know that I've I done nothing stated wrong. in the last episode that I would be wrapping up on the Battle of Blair Mountain, but looking back over my notes and some other things, I basically did wrap up on it in the episode previous. The fallout from Blair Mountain was that, sadly, the unions declined significantly in the short term, but overall, it shined a light on the huge greed of the mine owners and horrible working conditions. Eventually, over time, things get better. Union, unions make a resurgence during the New Deal and the Great Depression, but we still have new obstacles to overcome for workers' rights. With the rise of corporations such as Amazon and tech monopolies, there are new ways that the worker is getting fucked. And while there is no one true solution, because it is an ever-evolving thing, greed will always be rampant among those who hold power, and absolute power corrupts absolutely, we have to keep our heads held high singing solidarity solidarity forever as we continue to come up with innovative fixes to both old and new challenges. Still having a call to action, go join a fucking union. Fuck the fat cats. That's true. That, I'm that. in a union unwillingly. You're in a union unwillingly? Yeah, well, like, so I'm a part-time worker. Yeah. You know? And, and you still deserve rights. I, I deserve rights, but every month, every every week, they take out money from me. And then every week, they're like, well, uh, here are the benefits of being in the union. And it's like for full-time workers. And it's like, brother. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Like, so it's like, what, hey. Like, what are you what are you doing for me? And like, I get it. It's good. Like, I cannot be fired. I could go in every single day and, you know, I don't know, take a shit on the desk and <laughs> they'd be like, that's Two an ropes. interesting thing that you're doing. You could share sure ropes of cum every day. <laughs> but, no, no, we're done with the ropes. <laughs> you know, when I was starting at um, Whole Foods oh. all, all those years ago, they sat me down and they were like, it was my first job. And they were yeah. like, hey, uh, just want to let you know that we don't, uh, there's no union here. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, and I don't really care, I just want a paycheck. And they were like, we're just, we believe that we're a family, and that, like, oh, if, don't you give me problem, that bullshit. if you have a problem with management, you should be able to come to us and just talk about it, and we can start implementing changes. And I was like, okay, cool, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to come here, I'm going to work, you will give me a paycheck, I will go home. <laughs> I was like, I'm... I don't give a shit about, like, I was working 10 o'clock at night to 2 o'clock in the morning. Jeez. And I was just like, I don't care about the corporate structure of <laughs> Whole Foods Market. Yeah. But did, what did really make it fun for me was when uh, Amazon bought out Whole Foods, and mm. internally they kept calling it a merger with it was Amazon. A I was like, no, we got bought, bud. 
like we're not merging with Amazon. It's like not Amazon X Whole Foods. It's Amazon or Whole yes. Foods it's brought to you by Amazon. By Amazon. Um, we're Whole Foods brought to you by Amazon. But so yeah, anyways, tell uh, us your news story about Constantinople. So yeah, I was going to say unions are still important. There's still a lot of stuff going on with unions right now. Uh, educate, educate yourselves. Uh, with that said, y'all want to talk about some dumb people doing dumb things? Because I, I do. that's our whole, that's the whole podcast. It's the whole shtick. It's the whole shtick. Uh, the that's year the of our thing. story. The year of our story. It is our story, comrades. The year uh, of our Lord. Is, it takes place in 523 AD. We are going way back oh, in the, the Ford Tacoma, the so way strap back. in. I thought you were just going to say five. <laughs> 5 AD. No, 523. Um, and we're going way back to visit one of our favorite people, uh, Justinian I of the Byzantine Empire. Justinian! Justinian! <laughs> Welcome My back to Justin. the stage, Justinian I of the Byzantine Empire. Yes. Um, so the ancient Romans and the Byzantine Empire had these wonderful things, quote unquote, wonderful things, called demes. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. My ancient, uh, you know, Italian, your, ancient your Roman Latin. is a little bit rusty. Um, it's all Greek these, to me, but um, but um, uh, they had these things. Don't called don't demis, let them hear you say that. Uh, which basically was the ancient version of like the AFC and NFC in American football. Um, it was factions that these like many sports teams belonged to, and most people like would like be either part of one of these demeses but they were like very i'm trying to figure out how they best explain they were not just like you know how america is based around an entire culture of sports being american football yeah demes was like that too like but even deeper like oh so they'd it was be high school there. football or college yeah football. but like also had the ability to sway policy ah oh so it's so like imagine college if new, football. Imagine if Bill Belichick could get in front of the Senate and be like, ah, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't want anyone to be able to work on Sundays so you can watch more Patriots football. I believe <laughs> that if he truly wanted to, if Bill Belichick, like, gave a shit, he would, though. <laughs> yeah, so it's... But that's that's kind of their whole thing, is they have, like, political influence and they have social influence, but they're just sports teams. Uh, and the most popular just sport of the time being, you guessed it, chariot racing. Wrestle. Oh. Yeah, hell yeah, brother. Nope, it's chariot racing, because even in ancient empires, people couldn't resist watching a man repeatedly take a left-hand turn. Go NASCAR, rip to the one true savior, Dale, and number three we trust. Oh my <laughs> Number God. three we trust. The research that Zach had to do to get all that right. Uh, no. I don't Are you believe kidding that me? you've watched NASCAR a day in your life. Yeah, but I know the one true savior, Dale Earnhardt. Okay. I gotta go, me, guys. I don't. I'm gonna head out. But <laughs> the big thing you need to know <laughs> is that the Demises, there were four of them. The blues, yeah. the greens, the reds, and the whites. Mm. They were just color coded, and boy howdy, did everyone root for one side and hate everyone who wasn't on their side? Classic. Uh, in fact, Justinian the First was a blue boy himself. Uh, he loved the blues. Um, 
<laughs> the blues. <laughs> don't, don't know why, but he was like, I'm blue through and through. Dabba dee, dabba dee. I'm blue. I was, I'm blue no matter who. I was trying to make like a, a reference to blues music, but I don't oh. know enough. I don't know enough artists from that time to make a relevant one. But just know that were I more musically educated, I would have made a banger of a joke about blues music. You make a banger of a joke and call me Miles Davis. That's fair. Um, That's a, that was a good one. <laughs> That's the best I got. There you um, go. And as I said, because this is ancient Rome and the Byzantine Empire, sports teams can't just be about sports. The Demises became the focus of a number of social and political issues because they had the reach of the people. And they would constantly try and sway imperial policy, going as far as to be, like, shouting political demands while they were setting up races and in-between races. Okay. You gotta get it in where you can. Get it in where you can. And and furthermore, many of the Demises... Demises? Demises. Bro, ah. now is not the time to try and pick that apart. We're balls deep in this story i, I know we are but they, they <laughs> th- these these multicolored sports teams of ancient times had yeah. backers so they could be run and those backers were mostly aristocratic families they uh, still are today still are today but the only difference was uh all these aristocrats believed they were better suited for the throne than justinian nice okay so, with the background Classic. information about uh, sports in ancient uh, Rome and the Byzantine Empire and Justinian out of the way, uh, who's ready to talk about a fucking riot? I'm ready to talk about a riot. <laughs> in... Let's start a riot. Da, 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 da. Uh, in late 531 AD, some members of the Blues and Greens get arrested for murder. Yes. There was an overly rambunctious celebration, a bit of cart flipping. Someone got killed. You get the idea. We live in Boston, the the Boston area, and we grew up when the Sox broke the curse. We understand how to have a good fucking time. They were just trying to be aggressive. Be aggressive. aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So anyway, these two fuckos from the Blues and Greens, all two of the fuckos that get arrested from the Blues and Greens, uh, escape and are like run through the streets and are like, we're free, we're free. And just kidding, they're not free because everyone loses their shit. The Reds and Whites are demanding a death sentence for these guys and they finally get captured. (laughs) And... They are, like, held up in a church, and then a mob forms, and then they're carried out of the church, and Justinian's like, Jesus Christ, calm your tits. Um, anyway, we have these two guys back in custody. In order for everyone to stop losing their crap, we're going to bring this death sentence down to an imprisonment, and we're also going to do another chariot race, because clearly everyone needs a distraction. Am I right? We're gonna, we're gonna do anyway. This seems like a good time for another chariot race. Justinian, I know you love your races. Hell yeah, NASCAR. But like, (laughs) it's a bad time to do this. You just told a bunch of people who wanted these people dead that you're not gonna kill them, and then a bunch of these people who were like, you should just let them go free. That you're not gonna let them go free. So. I don't think a chariot race is going to fix this. You got to go It's going to fix it. Can't fix everything. <laughs> it's going to fix it, Zach. 
And so on January 13th, 532, a huge crowd comes down to the races that are in honor of no longer killing, but instead just imprisoning these men from the green and blues. And everyone who goes to the race is fucking pissed. They have come for blood and mostly for Justinian's blood. Because well, yeah, they're like, this guy. This guy, he didn't murder people we wanted him to murder or free people we wanted him to free. No one's happy. He's doing, he's doing nothing that we want. Yeah, the Greens and Blues wanted their murderous sports heroes fully pardoned, and the rich backers uh, who gave money to the Blues and Greens basically just wanted Justinian's head on a pike, and they decided that a bunch of pissed-off sports fans was the best way to do it. And... They, by the end of the day, no one was chanting for the Greens or Blues uh, and rooting for their team. They were just chanting a unified Nika, which translates to win or conquer. And Nika. Nika. And as Air the race is... Ball. I'm just... <laughs> as the races are wrapping up... Uh, the crowd is extremely amped up, and they decide, fuck it, like, we're already here, let's assault the palace, it's right next door to the sports complex. I mean, it's right here. <laughs> yeah, like, while we're here, we might as well. And so, uh, the Nika riots begin on January 13th, and some senators who didn't like Justinian because he was reforming the tax code of all things... <laughs> Took this opportunity to slip money and weapons to the rioting people. Just to, you know, give them a little bit of a boost. Uh, And so now these rioting sports fans have uh, income and weapons. And the riots last for five days. As they so often do. People continuously assault the royal palace, set fire to parts of the city, and even end up destroying the fucking Hagia Sophia. Yes! What? No! This is what Not destroys the Hagia, the Hagia Sophia. Sophia. Did they uh, also just... burn the Library of Alexandria? No. Uh, that burnt years before. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Um, Justinian does rebuild the Hagia Sophia later, but like, shh, spoiler alert. Fuck, guys, I was really gonna be like, yeah, isn't it? It's like Sophia. still up, you know? Yeah. Um, rioters end up declaring a man by the name of Hypatius to be the new emperor because fuck Justinian. And we're going to keep yeah. burning this motherfucker to the ground and we'll just elect let's, a new guy. Let's elect a guy whose name is way harder to say. <laughs> I'm going to make my own empire with blackjack and hookers. Yeah. And a really <laughs> difficult name. And so Justinian is absolutely pissed off at his constituents and his people and also is scared shitless. He's like, I'm going to leave now. I think I'm good with this whole Byzantine Empire business. He's like, and I don't want to be emperor anymore. I don't want to be emperor anymore. And his wife is like, if you're going to uh, be such assholes about it. If you guys are going to be mean about it, I don't want to be emperor. Um, yeah. His wife is basically like, bitch, nut up or shut up. This is your fucking mess. This is your city. You better fix this. So Justinian was like, all right, fine, I'll fix it. <laughs> and Justinian comes up with this plan. He contacts a man by the name of Narcissus, 
the Nutless Wonder, who is a very popular eunuch. And he also contacts some generals. Uh, the Nutlet was that his official title? <laughs> no, I, I gave Narcissus the, the the title of the Nutless Wonder because it's just so fucking fun to say. <laughs> and he's a That's, eunuch. He's got gonna no be... balls. He's got no nuts. <laughs> no nuts. It would have been really funny, though, if that's what they called him. The, the Nutless Wonder. Wonder, yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's what I call him. Um, that's what I, that's my special name for him. My special, special name for my special, special boy. For <laughs> my special, special boy. So Justinian gives Narcissus a fat fucking stack of gold and is like, hey, go to the sports complex where these guys are still hanging out and just like go chill and do this whole plan, whisper, whisper, whisper. And so Narciss does go to the sports complex and he is completely unarmed. He just strolls on in there and he's allowed to just stroll on in there because first off, he's a very small man with no armaments and poses no threat. With no nut. And second, I did mention that everyone loved the nutless wonder apparently. So he enters the sports complex and heads right to the section where the blues are hanging out. Because, like, while the blues and greens are unified and they're wanting to destroy the city, they're still kind of clicky, you know? They're still like, all right, we're the blues and we're the greens, but we're like, we're unified in this one thing, and then after that we can go back to being rivals. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly. Um, and so he enters the sports complex and he heads to the blues section and he goes up to the most prominent blues members and while handing them gold goes, hey, remember Justinian is a blues fan, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and he likes you way more than the greens, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And by the way, that guy you just elected emperor, he's a total greens fan. So here's a wow. coin, long live Justinian, and just slips on out. <laughs> And now with most like, of the blues Bye. now swayed to just up and leave, as Hypatius is being crowned, most of the blues just kind of walk out of the sports complex. And I can't believe it. This is like if actual Patriots and Giants fans were like, we, yeah. we like severely influence pol- politics. <laughs> but... The part that wouldn't happen at an NFL game is that after the Blues leave the stadium, um, with half the people gone and the other half busy doing a crowning, Justinian sends in those two generals and their armies and indiscriminately kills everyone who didn't walk out the door of the sports complex. <laughs> he kills everyone. has the generals drag Hepatius and the traitor senators out by the ear and lops their heads off reaching a death toll of roughly 30,000 people in five days in what will later be called the Nika Riots. (laughs) Nice. So basically, sports team gets out of control. Men are accused of murder. Men are found guilty, but we don't really want to punish them of murder. Riot ensues. 30,000 people die. (laughs) 30,000 people later. Like, it's... I'm sitting... Like, when I was reading this story, I was, man, like... 
there's a big section on how Justinian was like, dude, I don't want to be here. I just want to fucking leave. And his wife's like convincing him, hey, no, you actually like have to stay and fix this. You and then gotta, it ends you, with him being gotta, like, but gotta... what if I just murdered everyone involved? But what <laughs> if instead a... I closed the door, just, like... killed them all and go back home? Yeah, it's like. I just like how his wife was like, juxtaposition. Hey. It's such a wild She's like, change you should from... probably solve this. I don't. It's crazy. Fucking Justinian's wild. I know. Well, like, I told all those stories. There was, like, a few stories about him that I told. Because, like, he just is an interesting guy. Yeah, he is. I didn't know about the riots, though. That's pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, those were though. weird. I do think it's hilarious that his solution was just to kill them all. I think it's I mean, so classic. interesting how many, like, world leaders or even, like, local leaders or even, like, any type of leader at all just at any point. I bet you that at any point in, like, politics recently, someone has been like, well, you know, the best Should way kill to them? solve this is to just kill them all, right? Just to, like, <laughs> bunch them all up in a room and kill them all. What if we just murdered I mean, they're not wrong, though. Like, if yeah. the person giving you grief is dead, <laughs> then, like, yeah, someone could fill their fill their spot, but that's gonna happen anyway. Yeah. This one guy is dead. <laughs> We've solved it. We've done it, guys. We fixed the problem. That the answer be... was just murder. The the answer was the people we murdered along the way. <laughs> that would like if there were no repercussions to my actions. Th like piano wire would feature a lot more prominently <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. I just think about it a lot. What? And on that note, Leave I'm ready to wrap this up. What? Because of the truth? <laughs> Megan, we're already on watch lists. We can't be on more of them. Because of the truth? <laughs> Megan's like, what did I do wrong? Speak the truth. <laughs> what did I do? I don't care. Come 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 at me. If I go to jail, I get better health insurance. Come at me <laughs> with ropes. Anyways, Zach, okay. do your thing. So thank you very much for listening, folks. We appreciate you doing that. What we'd also appreciate is if you just want to, you know, like scoot on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts rather, and scoot on over to uh, you know, like uh Spotify or wherever you listen to the, you know, shenanigans Scoot on that we over do. to your listening device, guys. Yeah, head on over to your listening to device, and if you want to, you know, give us a five-star rating, that would be hunky-dory. Pretty cool to you. Um, 
Or if you want to just follow us on our socials, you can find us on Facebook. If you look up the Triumvirate Productions, you can find us on Instagram at the underscore Triumvirate underscore Productions. Or if you go to patreon.com slash Triumvirate Productions, you can, if you know, you, you have a little extra cash you want to throw at us, you can support us monetarily. We don't do any kind of, like, advertising or, well, we have some ads on the show, but we don't do, like, any, like, advertising to get our name out there. Um, so just word of mouth, following us, giving us a little bit of Patreon fun is a great way to help make sure that we get to still do this. Because um, yeah. it's a lot of fun. You know, if you want to hear more hot takes yeah, If you want me. more hot takes and smut book recommendations, go follow us on... If you want more smut book recommendations, please... But yeah, with that, I mean, Hit I'm me Gucci. Oh, you're, that was... I'm good. You want... Okay. What do you mean? I'm just, well, I'm kind of used to you doing like a 25-minute bit. Nah, man, no bits tonight. I'm tired. <laughs> okay. Uh, He's like, I'm tired. We've been, in the, we've been doing this for an hour and a half. In the interest of uh, getting Zach to sleep and getting Megan to her ropes, uh, I That's true. I have been one of your hosts, Matt, and I have but one question, and that question, as always, is... What the fuck, history? History.